All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There we go. We're back. Are we here now? What can you tell us about Phil Kemp, Liam? Plays for the Edmonton Oilers. Well, and he the shoots, Bakersfield Condors. Shoots right. Yep. I saw a rumor the other day on Elite Prospects that he was going to Sweden. Incorrect. Those rumors are now gone. Yep. That's about it. There you go. Did he go to college? Uh, he did go to college. Went to Yale, so oh, he's smarter than smart us. Smart boy, yeah. Yeah, That's genius. Good. Maybe he could help them with their cap management this summer. Yeah, if someone knows what helpful. Phil Kemp got his degree in, please drop it in the chat because we're rapidly running out of things to discuss on today's show. No, don't. If you do know, don't tell us. Let's guess. We got thirty minutes. We'll address it later on in the show. I'm going to say it's like accounting. I'm going to say gardening. That makes no sense. Why well, not? What? That's gardening. I'm going to look it up. How do you, is it one L or two? Gardening. Yeah, like like uh, what do they call it? Um, gardening, landscaping. La- he went to Yale, bro. <laughs> that doesn't matter. No, it does. Well, I don't think he. It is. He didn't go to Nate. Hey, we went to Nate and we didn't do gardening. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm finding out. I don't think Yale offers like a landscaping <laughs> diploma, man. There's got to be something. Let's let me find out. Feel like Kemp degree. <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> All right, welcome to Oilers Nation every day, live from the Sports Closet Studio uh, and live on the Oilers Nation YouTube, where our boy Scotty91 is in with the first comment and says, I thought I was done grieving by now, but after last night's game, I can't help but think the Oilers or where the Oilers would have been had they gotten consistent 900 goaltending. Yeah, no, you don't want to think about that because you'll get sad. Tyler Mulek was also in and pointed out that McDavid and Drysaddle hit seven goal posts, and that could have been the difference. 
I mean, we knew the West and the league was wide open this year. The Oilers choked. They choked against the Golden Knights. They didn't want to show up anymore. You are. <laughs> Sometimes they put it on the website. We didn't even get off the ground, off the runway. His dad played football and baseball at Yale and is and a two-time his- World College World Series champion. Wow. Big. He studied history. See? Nothing to do with what you said. <laughs> it wasn't too far off. I wanted to find a degree that was like, I could probably do that. I feel like that's what people, athletes do when they go to college. He's just not dumb. No, I'm not saying he's you dumb. You don't get into Yale and go do landscape. That, like, it, <laughs> I, there's no way that's a course they offer or like anything close to it. I'll keep looking. Is it? Is that not an Ivy League school? Uh, one of the best, I believe. What would be and Harvard's think, number one? I and think. you think people are going there for gardening? The, <laughs> hey, you never know. I'm sorry. Okay. It would be the best gardening. This is something. All right. Um, yeah, the chat's bumping right now. Oh, people missed the witty opening because there was no sound. I said 30 minutes straight of Phil Kemp talk coming your way. Uh, if you missed that, we finally got some news surrounding the Oilers. Phil Kemp two-year extension uh, last year with the Bakersfield Condors. He put up 21 points in 71 games for a guy that was a seventh-round pick back in 2017. I mean, Vinny DeHarnay was a pick in the 2015 or 16 draft, and it took him till just this last year to find his way into the league. So I think Phil Kemp has a right shot. The right side of this blue line is relatively thin. I actually don't think it's out of the question that we see Phil Kemp get a cup of coffee in the NHL this season. No, I don't think so either. And I, you know, this this team is very limited on the right side. Yeah. They kind of, he's the number one right shot prospect. His numbers have been pretty good throughout his career and he's played in the world juniors. It looks like too, for team USA. Like he's got some pedigree to him to an extent. So yeah, I, I like the idea of not just letting this guy walk. Uh, you have some other prospects in the past. So we'll mm-hmm. see. I could see those numbers kind of being like a Michael Kessel ring kind of play this, this season for them. Yeah. I don't know if he has the offense of a Kessel ring, um, but yeah, you never know. You never know. It'll be interesting to see how he goes. Oilers obviously believe in him if they're giving him a two-year deal to stick around, right? Because mm. like you said, he could have walked to Sweden. He could have gone overseas. Six foot three as well. 212 a, pounds. Oh, he's a big boy. He is thick. Ken, that's how Ken Holland likes him. Tall and thick. Yeah, tall and thick. If yep. you're under 5'11", you're out of here. You're gone. <laughs> uh, good and you is in. Uh, we're going to get to the short before giant offseason question. Trade machine, player grades, all that stuff today, as we usually do. Uh, but good and you is in and says, we played Skinner too much. Should have went with a tandem. Playoffs are too much of a grind, especially for a rookie. Something to think about for next offseason. Even Ottinger got burnt out. Yeah. And I do think that's actually <laughs> like something to keep in mind for next playoffs. You know, Stuart Skinner was a number one goalie through the regular season. But in his career, he was never asked to start, probably at honestly, at any level, he was probably never asked to start 12 consecutive hockey games over the course of you know less than a month, really. It was too much for him. And listen, that's a learning thing. I'm sure he could handle it better next year. But maybe you do need to like start baking in starts for your backup over the course of a playoff run. Yeah, and I think in the playoffs, too, it's about finding a hot goaltender, essentially, right? Like Bobrovsky yeah. was the backup goaltender starting this playoffs with Florida. Didn't play the first three games. Yeah. And then he just kind of got on a roll and kept going. And Stuart Skinner was just never able to find that rhythm in his game. And I, I do believe there was a learning lesson for the others coaching staff and the goaltenders in this. It's like, no, you need two goaltenders to win the Stanley Cup. I think the days of having the guy carry you all the way are kind of 
kind of gone to an extent. Even Aiden Hill. Aiden Hill yeah. didn't play a lot of these playoffs early on. Came in because of injury. Yeah. And now look at him. Stanley Cup playoffs. Stanley Cup finals. And Some team's going to pay him a lot this summer and they're going to regret, regret it. that big time. Yeah. It won't be Vegas. No, no, no. They're actually, do you know what? Like, we don't like Vegas, obviously. No. But you've got to give them credit for what they've kind of done with the crease this season. Like, to come into the season with goaltenders like Aiden Hill, Logan Thompson, and Lauren Bossoir as your three, because obviously Robin Leonard isn't playing, and then mm-hmm. to go out and get a Jonathan Quick, it's like, how is this team in the Stanley Cup final? But they have just managed to figure it out. And their goaltending coach is the one that Devin Dubinick give credit for for turning his career around. Sean Burke? I believe so, yes. Is he? Oh, wow. So it's kind of... Well, there you go. Link the others in there a little yeah. bit. Uh, okay, we're again. We're going to get to the giant offseason question, but there's a few other comments in here. Uh, there was one. I like two of these kind of tie together. Matthew Gill is in and says, "Tyler, did you hear the Oilers are going after Tarasenko in the offseason? I didn't either. I just made it up." <laughs> and then someone else says, "Can you please address?" It was Epic Hunter who says, "Can we please address those stupid Nuge to Boston rumors?" Sure. So I'm now challenging everyone to just go in the chat and start making shit up. Why yeah. not? Give us your craziest take. Yeah, that just will no, never come yeah. true. I don't even care. Why Boston would want Ryan Nugent Hopkins, I'm not really sure of that. Um, before we talk about the Boston perspective, because again, we're just going to dispel this right off the jump. I think the rumors are very stupid. And if he doesn't have getting traded to Boston, this clip's going to get ran back and I'll look very stupid. But Ryan Nugent Hopkins just signed here. Mm-hmm. Committed here for the rest of his career. Yes. Has a full no movement clause. Canadian kid, Western Canadian kid, again, just signed here for eight years. Wife expecting their first child. Child, yes. Owns a horse. That's big. And you think he's going to be like, you know what? Boston sounds awesome. I want to find the proposed trade that people were kind of throwing out there. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Linus Olmark and Matt Grizzlick to the Edmonton Oilers for Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Vincent DeHarnay. And the Oilers give up a third round pick. Who's winning the Vesna this year? Olmark. Why would they trade him for that? I don't know. The, the vote did go 56%. Boston says no. And what? The Oilers are going to tack on another five point some mil to goaltending? No. Exactly. <laughs> also, projected cap space for the Boston Bruins, $4.9 million. They got to worry about getting Bergeron back, maybe re-signing Bertuzzi. Maybe David Krejci's coming back. They need to shed salary from that forward group, not add another $5 million plus player. And now you're like, oh, well, they'll trade some salary out in the move. And Brandon Carlo, Matt Grizzlick, blah, blah, blah. One, Brandon Carlo, guess what? Modified no trade list. A full no trade clause this year. Why would he (laughs) want to come to Edmonton, people? I'm pretty sure he's American. He is. He's from Colorado. I think this was the tweet that set people off. So this is from real Phil Carter, who is a Boston sports reporter for 15 years. I'm not sure where it just says that. It just, okay. So he also might be making that up, but continue. So it says nothing serious, but I have heard the Bruins have asked about Leon Dreisaitl, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Ryan McLeod, and Clem Costin. Edmonton inquired about Brandon Carlo, Jake DeBrusque, Linus Olmark, Matt Grizzlick, and Jeremy Swayman. He did not put this part, but I will. Shockingly, now his part, Edmonton is unwillingly unwilling to move Dreisaitl. It's weird. Why wouldn't the Oilers be more open to moving a guy like that? Yeah, I mean, he did hit seven posts in the playoffs, so he's got to be more accurate. Second or third most productive season this century. Pretty good. He's pretty good. 
But if you have a chance to put Brandon Carlo on your third pairing, I mean, all the chips are on the table. <laughs> yeah. Hey, ay, ay, ay. Jesus <laughs> people, man. Just the point of this exercise is if, if you're going to lose sleep, don't lose sleep over the Nugent Hopkins thing. And when you read a rumor, just really dig into it a little bit. Give it some critical thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Like read, I guess read that's what we're here to do, though. Yeah, actually, don't do any of that. Come and watch our show, and we'll debunk it yeah. for you. Uh, if you're watching on the Oilers Nation YouTube, hit the like button for us. We're only at 11. Let's try to get 93. If we get yeah. to 93, then Nugent Hopkins won't get traded. We need you today, folks. Yep. Other, Ken Holland's watching. Yeah, so if we don't is. get to 93, he is. Uh, if we don't get to 93, then Nugent Hopkins is out the door. So think about that, people. Hit the like button. Um, all right. We got through that. Let's talk some Stanley Cup finals. Liam, Adarath is in our pal. Don't want to see Eichel win a cup before McDavid. Don't want to see Ekblad, Bennett, and Reinhardt win a cup before Dreisaitl. Sigh. I actually think this choice is very easy. We're rooting for the Panthers. We should yep. change the top to Panthers every day for the next bit. To stand in solidarity. Um, I don't want Vegas <laughs> to win. I get no joy. I know people are like, oh, saying you lost to the Cup Champs. No, that's lame as hell. That yeah. sucks. I'm all out on that. On that, I'd be like, if, yeah, I just mm-mm, not buying it. Uh, I definitely want the Panthers to win this. I see no real like connection, or I don't see the same connection between Ekblad and Drysaddle that I do McDavid and Eichel. And also, Vegas is in our division. Also, that fan base has been around for like six years. Yep, they don't deserve all this happiness. They deserve some trying times. Let's not forget that. It was only a couple of summers ago that we all hated Vegas because they traded Flurry for nothing and how disrespectful it was and all Very this stuff. Pacioretty was another guy on that list too. And now here we are, people are saying they'd rather watch them win over Florida. I'm sorry, but once like, I get it with Kachuk and, and Benny and whatever Flames players are on that team and you don't want them to get it, but like, for me, once they go out of that Flames jersey, I could care less what they're what you go and do, to be honest. I actually find a lot of these uh, former Flames quite likable. <laughs> yeah, now that they don't play for them. Yeah. And it also makes it a little bit better that Calgary failed on them so hard. Sam Bennett for two win. seconds. Yikes. Yep. Matthew Kachuk, what was it? Kubidov, Uyghur, and a f- another prospect in yeah. a first? I'd still take Kachuk. Now I would. Yeah. Yep. It is. Uh, it is something. You were asking people in the chat uh, what they were watching last night. Obviously, not a lot going on. Pretty quiet <laughs> night, so a lot of time for people to relax. Mm-hmm. Chris says he watched Community last night. Good show. You watch Community? Never. You should. I'm on Modern Family still. Yeah, but see, and you like those kinds of shows, so you'd love Community. Commun- yeah, I like those 20 minute shows. Yeah. So good before go bed show. Yes, that's what it is. Crush out an episode or two. Uh, Dukes is rewatching King of the Hill. Uh, Viperisk says I didn't watch the hockey game. Um, I didn't either. I watched a Memorial Cup game. Who played? Quebec and Seattle. It was tight until late in the third. And then I think, I can't remember what the final was, but Quebec won. Good good teams, both of them. Patrick was at coach mm-hmm. Quebec. And I was right into that basketball <clears throat> game. It was thoroughly entertaining. Um, but today you're wearing a Denver Nuggets jersey. I've always been on the Nuggets train, Tyler. There was this speculation yesterday that I liked the Celtics. And I mean, I would never cheer for a team that fails so hard like that. You and Aaron dropped in the bold take that if Jason Tatum didn't get hurt, they would have won. Uh, uh, yes, a million percent. I stand by that. You're eliminating shots from guys like Al Horford, who's stepping up for threes. No, thank you. Jalen Brown had eight turnovers last night. Man, eight, they should have traded. for 23. They should have traded. Eight for 23. When you get the opportunity for trade for Kevin Durant and you're thinking, boy, do I want Jalen Brown or do I want Kevin Durant? 
The answer every day of the week there and back is Kevin Durant. I cannot believe the Celtics passed up on that in the summer. But here we are. Go Nuggets, go. I'm not, I think I'm, I'm torn. Miami's such a cool story. Is an eight seed that ran their way there. Jimmy sure. Butler is very likable. Kyle he Lowry. He is. Kyle Lowry, former Raptor. But Jamal like Murray, that. Canadian. Yeah, that'd be good. Although Jamal Murray, a Canadian who the other day was talking about, he was like, oh, I was watching the hockey game and the green team was on. What kind of Canadian doesn't know all 32 NHL teams, <laughs> Jamal? The green team was he, on. He was referencing the Dallas Stars. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, come on, Jamal. We need you We need you to be better than that. But I, I don't know. The Nuggets story is good too. Like Joker, what was he? 59th overall. Guys are saying he might never play in the NBA. Now here he is, arguably the best player in the NBA going to the, the NBA finals. I just love the NBA. I love the legacy of players. And I I really, I mean, it works both ways, right? Jimmy Butler drags his team to the finals. Oh, you get Joker, who finally gets over the line with Denver. It's mm. good. Yep. Uh, Brian Zinn says, I just can't get into the NBA. The finals every year are awesome. And I yeah. think these finals are going to be uh, really, really good as well. Let's circle back to the hockey. Talk about our Sherwood Ford giant offseason question. Uh, Liam, it's centered around the Bakersfield Condor. So I'm going to be relying on you a little bit here. Um, which Condors could make the jump next year is our Sherwood Ford giant offseason question. And I think there are some obvious candidates. So let's start with those two. Dylan Holloway, I'm not really including in this conversation because he mm. made the jump last year, yes. right? The two are Raphael Lavoie and Xavier Borgo. That's who I think a lot of fans, those are the names they've heard of the most. Those are the two guys who I think probably stood out the most last year. One, because he's a first-round pick. One, because he just had a great resurgence in Raphael Lavoie. Um, let's look at these numbers here that Lavoie put up last year as well. 45 points in 61 games. That's all. 25 goals is really, really good. And like, whenever I would see the clips float around on Twitter of his goals, like this wasn't a guy who was just banging in little backdoor tap-ins mm-hmm. and stuff. He was scoring goal scorers goals a lot of the time. Uh, out of those two, is there one that you think is more likely than the other to make a jump? For the... The logical and logistic reasons around it, I think Lavoie will be the one to make the jump because he is he's waiver eligible this year. Plus, he's a right-handed shot, six foot. What is he? Six foot three, I think. So, six foot four. Sorry, he fits nicely into the plans there for the others. A big thing for him is he struggled with consistency over his career. Like the numbers last year, he had twenty six points, but there was a point early in the season where he didn't. He went on like a twenty game skid with nothing. Like he was just scoring yeah. bunches. It looks like he's kind of put that behind him a little bit. Scoring 25 goals in that league is is legit. I think if he wants to play in the Oilers team next season, like you've got to be patient with him. I think he's probably going to be in and out of the lineup most nights. But if he can get into a groove, he's a guy you'll want to be in the team most nights because he can, he can score goals. And that's what the Oilers drafted him to do back in 2019. Yeah, I think like he's a guy, you know, with Borgo. Or let's compare the two a little bit here. Borgo, first round pick, younger. Mm-hmm. I don't think you want that guy coming up to be your 12th or 13th forward. No. With Raphael Lavoie, I think you're probably okay with that. I if there too. are games where he's out of the lineup, if he's got to come and like really fight just to get those third, fourth line minutes, I actually think that's okay because we're getting to the point. When's he turned 23? Um, September. September 25th. So this is, this is his 23-year-old season coming up. It's kind of make or break time for that guy in his NHL career. This is like... Can you make the jump and become a legit NHL guy? Or are you going to be the forever quad a player? Are you going to be a guy who's in Europe in two years? Like this is kind of a make or break year. And I think it's one of those where 
you're not worried about his development anymore. You're worried about him showing he can be an NHLer. And I think if he does show up to training camp and isn't showing that he can be that guy, look at what Dimitri Smirkov got you last summer, right? Like mm-hmm. I think Ken Holland wouldn't hesitate to move on from a guy like this, but it is very bene- beneficial for him that he's a right shot and the others are, have nothing there. So I agree three years as a pro now, like it's time for him to make the jump and see yeah. what you can get. If you can get like five to 10 goals out of this guy next season, like you're in a, like I would say 10 would be the yeah, lowest. You, I would you'd want him to hit double digits yeah. just based on his draft pedigree, what he did in the American league last year. But be patient with him if he comes. As for Borgo, he needs to be the guy in Bakersfield this season. Like he actually had a pretty good year. I can't remember his numbers off the top of my head, but yeah, from here. I guess I, I do have my laptop and I have his tab. 34 points in 62 games. <laughs> but So I think this year you're probably looking for him to double that goal output, right? That, yeah, I would look for 25 goals from him. Take a little wall, like jump. Pr- pretty much. And then he for me, he's probably the first guy you call up. First or second guy you call up. If you have a top six injury, something like that. Yeah, but again, you don't want this guy just sitting around and in the stands all night, right? He needs to be getting reps. And yep. Ken Holland's a very patient GM, and I think Woodcroft's in a similar similar mindset too. So I think they're going to be fine with Borgo going down there and being the guy. So Lavoie, I think we're kind of saying like, he'll be in the mix. He's fighting for a spot come training camp. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It'll also help that, you know, he's got a relatively cheap contract as well. Is he an RFA coming this summer or is he... Yes. Uh, Okay, so like again, that's a guy who, if he wants to sign for 750k, he's doing himself favors at that point, right? Yes, exactly. I mean, he probably will. He has no arb rights or anything like that. Um, there are another couple of guys though on what I'd call the next tier down of the forwards on Bakersfield. One of them is James Hamblin, 28 points on the year in the American League, and a guy who did make a jump, at, make the jump at times. He's gotten some NHL games under his belt. I like. He's heading into his 24 year old season here. He turned 24 in April. He got some games. He's got his cup of coffee. 10 games in the NHL. Didn't put up a point. Didn't really look like he belonged. He did the effort. Like he skates hard and he buzzes around and all that stuff, but he's undersized. That won't work in his favor. Doesn't seem to have a ton of natural scoring ability either. I don't think James Hamblin is a guy who's going to magically show up in training camp and crack this roster. I think if he does, he's essentially your 13th, 14th forward for the season. I think the Oilers appreciate what he could bring because really like in the effort department, he's essentially just Kylie Yamamoto who can't score, right? Pretty much. And on his contract, like maybe that's a guy they want in there. I think he's the quad A player, like you said before. Like I think he's honestly this team's new Tyler Benson. Mm -hmm. And if that's what he is, then he comes up every now and then and and puts in a five, six minutes a night for the team. It kind of is what it is, but I think he's kind of a career American hockey league. I, I hope I'm wrong because the story is yeah. great, but we'll see. I guess maybe we shouldn't even doubt this guy after everything, all, all the obstacles he's had to overcome. Like maybe he could make this team, but I think he's, isn't it tough? I think. Yeah. There's another name in the Hamblin tier, but I think he's got a much better chance of being an NHLer. And that's Noah Phil. One, the physical tools with this guy. I watched him for a couple of years at the University of Alberta. Six foot three, 200 pounds, got that size, knows how to play center, moves well for a big guy. And last year in what was basically his first pro season, what was his first pro, pro season? He got three games the year before. 19 goals in 70 games. For a guy who was yeah. learning the game a little bit from everything I read and the people I talked to, he just kept getting better as the year got on. I think he's a very smart hockey player. That's a guy who, that size, he shoots right. 
Whenever we look at offseason targets, do we not? We keep looking at guys then going, oh, shit, they shoot left. Like, we need right shots on this team. I think Noah Philp is a piece who I I would call him up before I call up Hamlin next year. If there's an, I mean, also, we can look at the way the centers are rolling out right now. I think Nuge, we've decided, is a winger. McDavid, Drysaddle, Ryan McLeod. Why can't Noah Philp be your 4C next year? I mean, I, I'm kind of with you as well. And I, I can't remember. Someone opened our eyes to this a little bit ago, too. Maybe it was Bruce. Um, he's really had a great Bruce season. or original Pozar. Yeah, I think they're both kind of high on him, though. Yeah. But to come in in your first pro season and score 19 goals, and that's pretty good. I mean, yeah, like he seems to be taking strides quicker than some other players in the organization are, like James Hamlin being one of them. Like, I think out, outside of the top, top guys on the Oilers system, Noah Philp is the first guy I think could make the team out of training mm-hmm. camp. Especially, like you said, he's got a lot of stuff going well for him. Yeah. Maybe he's a guy that kind of stars in Bakersfield and then eventually makes the Oilers team later on. Because Ryan McLeod did that. Yeah. Costin did that too. Like, it's hard to make a team out of camp. 100%. And sometimes you just need to get your legs underneath you and, and get it going. But I, I think this will be a guy who has a very impressive training camp and preseason and then everyone's oh he's just kidding and all of a sudden eventually something happens yeah and he gets called up and they just force his way into the team and stays there Mm -hmm. yeah i i like the idea of uh or i think philp could uh could be a factor next year again he's a piece he doesn't come with that first round pedigree right he's an undrafted player coming out Mm -hmm. of u sports that's a guy who again you're okay at age 24 if he comes up and comes in and out of the lineup a little bit He's happy to be getting an NHL paycheck. You're happy to kind of give him that taste and really see what you have in the guy. I think there is a chance both or one of Philp or Lavoie ends up playing like 30 games here next year or 40 games next year. One of them could get half a season. I don't think it's insane to bank on one of those two being an NHLer for the bulk of the year. Philp or Lavoie? Yeah, one of the two. I think both. I mean, you could. I I don't know if you necessarily want to go into your offseason and be like, okay, We've signed these players. Our ideal roster has both Philip and Lavoie on it, but guys are going to get banged up. Yeah. There's always going to be things like that throughout the year. I think having them both is maybe they're your 12 and 13th forward or your 13th, 14th forward, even, right? Like in whatever way, I think one of them could be here for the bulk of the season and the other one should absolutely get games. I think just it's a good time for these young Mm -hmm. players because those are in such cap trouble in a sense that they need these guys to kind of come in and, and play. I'm also looking at his hockey DB here. He played two games for the Stockton Heat one year. And then he went back. Interesting. So I wonder a professional tryout, I guess. Something like that. Yeah. Or an amateur tryout is what it would have been. Yeah, right? You go on yeah, an ATO. Amateur. And um, there's a comment in here, though, uh, from Ryan, who says, we need experience right now. Wouldn't put a rookie with low draft pedigree in the lineup. Your draft pedigree more or less goes out the window the second you're drafted. Essentially, yes. Right. And I know I'm maybe talking a little bit out of both sides of my mouth because I said like Borgo, you don't want him sitting in the press box. But that is more of like an age thing than a draft pedigree thing. Yeah. And like a long term, this guy has potential. The best way for him to get there is by playing a ton of games in Bakersfield, not being a healthy scratch. I don't care that Noah Phillips undrafted. I don't care that Raph Lavoie is a second rounder. If they were both first rounders at this age, I'd be saying the same thing. If they're good enough, you play them. And you could talk about how we need experience right now. You have experience in this lineup. The top part of your lineup is very, very experienced. Those are all guys who, I know it might sound weird to say, have been in the NHL for close to a decade. We're going into what, year nine of McDavid, year 10 or 11 of Dreisaitl. Mm -hmm. The Oilers' core isn't young anymore. Look at the blue line. Ekholm, Vet, Nurse, been almost a decade. Kulak, Vet, CC, Vet, 
Bouchard, DeHarnay are your two young pieces there. But this is an experienced <laughs> roster. If you bring back a Yanmark, Derek Ryan, like all these other pieces, you need to have cost-effective homegrown talent to win in today's NHL. And if you just sit there and keep dismissing your ta- your young talent and going, we'll sign guys for 800K because they've played 1,000 games, you're just going to, you're treading water at that point. I think you need to bank on the upside of these young players at some point because that's way more likely to push you over the top than hitting on some free agent for league minimum because you're trying to fill out your roster. I think these are the players that, yeah, like help you have more success than anyone else because you can just take advantage of the money they make, yeah. right? And just helps everything and... I think I can't see the Oilers, I guess, going into the season with three rookies in the forward group. That's why I think Philp will be the guy who goes down early yeah. in the year and maybe come back up later. But I don't think they're afraid to play them. Like Costin came up and the, yeah. they're not going to play 20 minutes a night, but Costin got looks in the top six. Holloway got some looks in the top six. It's about these players actually producing at a consistent level and forcing the coach's hand. Mm-hmm. I don't think Holloway did that enough when he was with the Oilers this season. That's why he went down. Costin did, and that's why he was in the lineup all season. So that's what Lavoie, Philp, and I guess Holloway again have to come in and do and be prepared to impress Jay Woodcroft and force their way into the lineup every night. Yeah. Good news says it's hard to crack a Ken Holland lineup. He likes to let the kids cook. Sit down in the binders. Man, they played Dylan Holloway under 10 minutes a night and kept him here for half the year. I think that myth's kind of got to go out the window with Ken Holland. And also, too, is he not let them cook? The Oilers drafted... Lavoie almost four years ago. Yeah. Philip's 24 years old. They And these aren't Borgo at 20. No, exactly. That's why we're saying like Borgo won't play on this team. Philip Kemp will probably play on this team at some point in this season. I could see him getting a recall. Vincent Deane, how old is he? 26. Like they let them ripe, but these boys are, these are good good to chew on now. I couldn't think of the right term. Yeah, sure. (laughs) A lot of people saying you can't have rookies. I mean, you can look at the Dallas Stars. I know they got bounced in six, but they made the conference finals. And when they started to storm back in that series, um, Ty Delandria was awesome. Yeah. Wyatt Johnson was great for them all season. Thomas Harley started to get looks. And I think he's really good. Like, I don't know. I just think having like the mindset of, oh, only vets can win. I just don't think that's true. I think you need to have just quality players, point blank. Like you said, I... Mm. I It's about performing. It is. And that's what matters at the end of the day. We can look to an extent performing relative to your cap hit, which is what those young guys are going to do. Like, again, the chances that you go out and sign some guy for league minimum, the chances of him outperforming that cap hit, if he's a 35, 36, 37 year old, who's just been a journeyman slim. What Mm. are the chances that Raph Lavoie pops scores you 15 goals next year? There's a chance that happens. Yeah. Got the legs underneath you. A bit of a bit more motivation, I guess you could say too, in some aspects. Like, I don't think it's about rookies and all that kind of stuff. It's about having a lineup that is performing. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals. You can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. 
For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There you go. That's our Sherwood Ford giant off-season question for the day brought to you by Sherwood Ford. The giant two days until the month of June, Liam. You know what that means? It's almost time for a little, uh, they're doing a little charity thing out there. They'll be making a donation to Strathcona Community Hospital Foundation for every test drive taken by consumers and prospective shoppers. This initiative is going to get some money in some good hands. And if you go to Short Ford, going to get you potentially in a nice new whip. So there you go. Great stuff happening at Short Ford all the time. I saw this debate yesterday. About Short Ford? Uh, (laughs) No. What, like, clear tape versus sock tape? It's a Western Eastern thing. I saw this on my TikTok. I never knew that was a thing. I just always assumed it was called sock tape. I've also never heard anybody call it socko before. I've never heard anyone call it socko, but I'm in. You better believe I'm only calling it socko from now on. That's that's an electric way to refer to it. It is a good name, but I thought that was very Clear tape is weird. It is weird. Because you don't use it for, like, in hockey purposes, and people who've played know what we're talking about, you don't use it for anything other than your socks. No, literally nothing else. So Some guys, I guess, put them around, like, their wrists, like their elbow pads. Yeah. But... You don't use it for anything but sock tape. It's meant for your socks. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So it's sock tape or socko as we now the call East it. The East does it again. Yep. Who would have thought? Uh, people are still asking about the Bruins Nuge <laughs> thing. We are rewind the show. He's just, not going. <laughs> just go back to the start of the show, please, if you're gonna comment about Nuge. I'll be honest, I hear more about Ryan Nuge and Hopkins going anywhere in this chat every day than I ever do on Twitter. Yep. I didn't even know this was a thing until yesterday. I didn't know it was a thing until our mailbag question about it. And I was like, what the hell are we even talking about? Anyways, uh, let's move along on the show. Get to our player grade brought to you by Star Mechanical, Edmonton's number one plumbing and heating company, starmechanical.ca. We're moving along through the 20s. Yes, the roaring 20s. Getting a number 27. Brett Kulak, Aaron's boy. Mm -hmm. Let Aaron grade him. Aaron? (laughs) A- a <laughs> chance of returning hundred percent. Uh, let's talk about Brett Kulak a little bit. A guy who I actually thought was fighting it a bit at times during the regular season. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he had the best regular season started to get better as the year went on, but there were some tough moments in there for Brett Kulak. And again, this is a guy and you need to do this for almost every D man as we kind of have, there's a post at home and a pre at home grade. It almost feels like yeah. Kulak. I thought fought it early in the year. I thought as things went on, and and Ekholm showed up. He got a lot better. The grade I gave him for the regular season, Liam, was a B minus. Mm-hmm. I think for a good chunk of the year, he was in that C range. When Ekholm came, he was in a B plus range. So I balanced it out. His playoff grade was an A minus for me, though. He was really good. He moved so well, and I don't know if it's a thing where like he just he knows that he can't do that for eighty two straight games, so he keeps his foot off the gas at times, does his own little load management. I don't know. 
But he got so much more effective in the playoffs. He gives their blue line a bit of nastiness, which I like. Mm -hmm. That left side with him, Ekholm, and Nurse. They're not afraid to mix it up. They're going to protect their goalie. They're going to protect their teammates. I like having that in a D-man. I love the way he moves. He's not a great puck mover per se, but he's a good puck transporter, and I like that. I gave him an A-minus for the playoffs. Scored that one huge goal against the LA Kings as well, or against the Vegas Golden Knights. Um I have his chance of returning at 80%, though. Sorry, it was against Kings, yeah. Um, I have his chance of returning at 80%. I think the cap casualty is likely Cody Cece on the blue line. I think you will have a hard time replacing what Brett Kulak can bring you come playoff time for under $3 million. It's a sweetheart deal for a hometown guy, Stony Plain, Alberta. Mm. But I'm still a little bit worried that they're going to go, we have Broberg. We can sacrifice this 2.75 and slide Broberg into that slot. You'll deplete your depth to an extent. I would not advise them doing that, but I could see it happening. So I have his chance of returning at 80%. Yeah, I think that's probably fair, 80, 85, somewhere around there. I mean, if a deal comes on the table and it's hard to pass up, that I don't think they're going to be think too much about moving on, not moving on from Brett Kulak. Obviously, we all like him and want him to stay, but you're right. Like, at the start of the season, do you remember when he just kept blowing his wheels right in front of the other's bench? It was like two or three goals <laughs> early was. in the year. He was absolutely lost. And said, like, what is going on? This it was against all, Calgary, too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I think there was another one shortly after. It's just but like, then oh, there was boy. a, but all those happened when at special teams, because there was a run, I think, early in the year, we were keeping track of this. He like wasn't on the ice for a five on five goal for like 10 games. Yeah, that's right. It, that's right. And then he fell off a little bit and then you're right Ekholm came in stabilized everything a little bit more but in the playoffs like Kulik was a gamer I might even yep. give him an A to be honest for the playoffs you could oh, argue it was like the best defenseman at some points in the series which is never yeah, really sure. a great thing for your third pairing yeah. left shot to be <laughs> but like you look at the guy he was playing with as well Vinny Dayane was battling it hard at some games and yeah. Kulik still showed up so I think those are fair rankings, B, B minus, and then I would I would give him a solid A for the playoffs. Adarath is in and says he gives him a B in the regular season and A in the playoffs. Our pal Sergeant Battle says B minus and then an A. So everyone's kind of in line here. Good and you give him C plus in the regular season, B plus playoffs, chance to return 100%. I disagree with that a little bit. I think he was better in the playoffs. Like There weren't a lot of goals where you're like, oh, that was Brett Kulak's fault. Yeah. He was good on the PK, regular season. You know, maybe you're valuing the front half of the year, sorry, that tough middle stretch, I should say, a little bit too much. Um, Tyler Mulek said, A, love the way he skates. That's my favorite thing about him. I remember when they acquired him, it was kind of like, oh, Brett Kulak, you know, he's got the beard. He was on that long playoff run yeah. with him. You're thinking it's like a rugged, shutdown D-man. Then you watch him skate, and you're like, damn, he is very athletic. He's got a lot of game to him. and he's He got the assist on McDavid's goal in game six, the one right after they kind of came in. He transitioned through the neutral zone, yep. dished it off like, He's just a smart hockey player. You never really overcomplicate things. And yep. I think the others need that. You need guys like that. Yeah. When your forward group loves to skill it up and be fancy, you need D-men who just play simple hockey. I want Brett Kulak back. If I was the GM, his chance to return would be 100. At 5-on-5 five five in the playoffs, Brett Kulak was on the ice for four goals against. And how does that compare to some other D-men? Uh, his, his partner, Dayane, was 7. Ekholm was 9. CC and Bouchard were 10. Nurse was 11. Yeah. Was so born. the minutes, of course, are obviously what you need to keep in mind there, right? Or did he play a lot? Fifth most minutes, 172. 12 lessons, Cody Cece. 20 some less, basically a game less worth of ice time than Darnell mm-hmm. Nurse. But you're right. Uh, impressive stuff in the playoffs. He was very, very good. So there you go. There's your Brett Kulak player grade for this season brought to you by Star Mechanical. Uh, as we do towards the end of the show, Liam, let's fire up the old trade machine. What do we got? Beep, bop, beep, bop, beep, bop. The Dallas Stars were eliminated yesterday. 
Oh, well. And I think their blue line is a massive problem. Ryan Suter sucks. That yeah. dude can't play in the NHL anymore. His career has uh, quickly, quickly come to an end in the last like two weeks. There was like, <laughs> and it wasn't just like one or two plays where you're like, ooh, that's not what I think a D-man should do. There was like three goals in that series against Vegas where you were like, how is an NHL defenseman <laughs> making that decision slash that play? There was the one that cost them a game. Yeah. Ended up being a very important game because they lost in six. I think they buy out Ryan Suter this summer. His his- cap- so it's three point uh, something, 3.5 right now. You can buy him out and it goes down to 780K for the next two years. And then it's two years of 1.4 after that. But the cap's going to go up. Stars don't have a ton of dead money on their books right now. So I think they can afford a buyout of, uh, of Ryan Suter. They actually have no dead money at all on their roster, which is impressive. They can buy out Ryan Suter and use those savings for something else. You're not trading Ryan Suter. No one's touching the guy. Sorry. Unless he's hurt and wants to go on LTIR. And he has a no moving close. How, um, how much was it in year two of that? Buyout, sorry. It goes so he's three point six five this year, next year. The buyout drops that to seven hundred and eighty. Okay, and then you have two more years of one point four after oh, that. That's nothing. That's a good buyout. Yeah, and then you look at the contracts too. They essentially have everybody signed besides yeah. Joe Pavelski if they really want to bring him back at forty, and then also Wyatt Johnson had just come up eventually. Yeah. But besides that, like Miro Heiskanen signed up, Ottinger they'll have to sign him. Sorry, Robertson, Hints all signed up too. So yeah, it's not like a it's a damage-proof one, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, I'd get rid of him. Smell you later, Ryan Sutter. And here's what I think they're going to do with some of that cap space. I think they're going to call up the Philadelphia Flyers, and they're going to say, we want to get our hands on Ivan Provorov Ooh. on the back end. Provorov, left shot, D-man, two more years at 6.75, so they can use some of the cap savings, and they can work to bring in a piece like Provorov. Listen, Miro Haskinen is awesome, but he cannot be on the ice all game. <laughs> that That is just a fact. You bring in another left-handed D who's going to play right below him. You could always have one of Haskinen, Lindell, or Provorov on the ice. Haskinen, I think, is good enough to flip to the right side yep. if you want him to as well. You're always going to have one of these guys out there. You can pair him up with your right Ds. Nils Lundqvist is a young right shot that they have. Colin Miller is under contract for one more year. It gives you this really solid blue line. And to get the deal done, I gave up Maverick Bork and a 2024 second round pick. I don't, Maverick Bork's very good. That, that Borgo Whisperer. Mm-hmm. People say Borgo was good because of Maverick because Bork. Of him. But when you look at that forward group, Hints, Robertson, Wyatt Johnson, Ty Delandria, they have a lot of good young talent on that team. Yeah. And I understand not wanting to sacrifice a really good prospect, but they still have Logan Stankoven coming. He's having an awesome Memorial Cup. So good. They don't have enough coming on the blue line, though. And I think you got to sacrifice one of those two. I wouldn't move Stankoven. I think I move Maverick Bork. Do you know? A second it, for, for Provorov. Yeah, I, I like that trade. And to throw it back a little bit further, and, and it's similar in a way, but Dallas have kind of done a deal like this before when they acquired Chris Russell from the Calgary Flames. Uh-huh. They traded Brett Pollock and a, and a pick. And the reason they did that is because they had prospects coming in. I think yeah. it was Jason Dickinson and then there was one other guy. And to be honest, none of them really panned out in any special way. So this kind of is, is similar history coming up again. Like Dallas is loaded up. Like Logan Stankoven might have been the best player in a WHL if Connor Bedard didn't exist. <laughs> so, yeah. That's a hell of a line. Yeah. So I, I'm with you. I like this trade. Philadelphia is getting a very good young player, too. Kind of works out both ways. And yep. they've already proposed that they don't want him anymore. Provorov. Yeah. 
that is. Paul, like you're right. He was an er, he was a second round pick, mid second round pick who was putting up great numbers with mm-hmm. the Oil Kings. He was a prospect of significant note. Yuriki Yokopaka was at that point. I mean, he didn't have a ton of prospect shine to him, but he had played a couple of years in the NHL, and they gave up a conditional second round pick in that deal, which ended up being Dylan Dubé. Um, so it, it, you're right. Kind of similar in terms of the return. I think the value here lines up. It, it's steep because Maverick Bork is a damn good prospect. Very good. But you got to give to get, right? Yep. And I think Dallas right now, when again, you look at the young pieces on that forward group, you can afford to sacrifice one in order to get this blue line sorted out. Maverick Bork play at the World Juniors? I don't know. I'm trying to find out. Let's right find now. out. I like the way he spells his name. Yeah. Maverick. He he did not play the World Juniors. Oh, I think he might have got hurt. Bust. Yeah. Good player though. <laughs> good 40, player. 47 points yep. with Texas this season, 20 goals. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Let's get to, uh, let's take a look around the sporting world for our friends at Betway to wrap up the show. Not a whole heck of a lot going on. No Stanley Cup final games mm-hmm. until this weekend. No NBA final games until this weekend. Um, Memorial Cup, you said you'd be keeping an eye on as well. Yeah. I don't really know who plays day to day. Just kind of turn on my TV and see what's going on. I think it might be Kamloops and. I'm going to find out for you. Peterborough Peace. Kamloops. No, they beat them already. Seattle. Peterborough and Quebec tonight. Yeah. So Kamloops, Seattle will be the one after that. Big game for Peterborough. Kamloops, Seattle's Wednesday. And then we get into the playoff round, I guess you would call it. Yeah. So that's been a lot of fun. I really don't know who's going to win. I mean, it looks Quebec's undefeated, I believe. Mm -hmm. And Kamloops and Seattle have so many good players. That Seattle team, if they win the Memorial Cup, might be the best, one of the best junior teams ever. So yeah, many first round yeah. picks on that team too. It's crazy. Yeah. So that's why, yeah, if you're looking, I don't, can you bet on that one on Betway? I don't know. Fair it up. We don't know a lot today. Yeah. We're taking this one by the seat. I am betting hands. on the Blue Jays today though. They kick off a three gamer against the Milwaukee Brewers. You say Kikuchi on the bump for the Toronto Blue Jays. We're coming off a series win Ooh. over the Minnesota Twins. The Jays minus 163 favorites on Betway, but I want to hunt down that pre-built bet. With our boy Yusei Kikuchi. Jays to win, Kikuchi six plus Ks, plus 175. Boom, lock it in. You can't bet on it. Can't bet on the man. One thing I was looking at, and it is the Miami Heat to win the the finals. They're like plus, they are plus 275 to win the NBA. Hmm. They've come this far. Uh, like it's supposed to the nuggets are so good though, I, but you're right. They just took down the Celtics. They've taken on everyone. Yeah. Like minus three fifty of the Denver Nuggets, as I say, in Miami will win in a Denver Nuggets jersey. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of people agreed with our trade machine today, which is big. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was on. It was a in a bit of a slump. So good to see it bounce back. It got roasted on the DFO rundown. So with that trade, no, with some other ones I threw their way. Oh really? The Carlson won. I got laughed at. Like Frank? Yeah. Oh, oh, and Gregor. Bad. They both like laughing at me. Oh, yeah. The rundown. Sorry. I felt yeah, the live show. Did live. they like any of them? Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Tough look. Considering <laughs> we look at all of them and are like, hey, not bad. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was thinking. Oh, so I, I'm nervous to show them this one uh, just to protect the ego of the trade machine. But anyways, that's our trade machine for AMA Travel. Find out more about how they can make your summer wonder. Remember at amatravel.ca slash dreams. Uh, shout out to Sherwood for the Giant. Star Mechanical. AMA. Betway. And Sports mm-hmm. Closet, as always, we're coming to you live from the Sports Closet studio. And we will continue to be live every day at noon Mountain Time talking Oilers and whatever else. 45 minutes does fly by with everybody. 
It is it is not bad. Now we've got these segments nailed in and discussed. Might have a new one coming next week. I'm thinking. thinking. I wonder what it'll be. Who knows? Uh, Thanks for (laughs) tuning in. Hit the like button before you go. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. And we'll be back tomorrow noon Mountain Time. Chat with you then. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.